Hi and welcome to the About Her show. I am Sangeeta Relin, an educationist, a writer and a lifelong learner. I also run an e-magazine for women. This podcast is about trailblazing women and their journeys. Women who have broken many a barrier, many a stereotype to realize their potential. If they can do it, so can you. In this episode, Shalini discusses the importance of acknowledging the contribution made by women to the world. She emphasizes the significance of financial independence for women as it provides them with various options and opportunities to face life's challenges. According to Shalini, parents play a pivotal role in instilling values and beliefs in their children. She believes that everyone in this world is equal and should be given the same opportunities based on their talent and ability. Let's talk to Shalini and understand her views on diversity, equity and inclusion and how she considers it vital to constantly learn and upskill to stay relevant in life. Hi Shalini and uh, welcome to the About Her show. Uh, thanks, thanks Anita. Most welcome. So this show is about women achievers who we call women trailblazers. Women who we feel have, you know, along with the mundane of life and everything else that they have to do, they've managed to follow their ambitions, aspirations and reach a certain stage in life where they can look back and reflect and, you know, talk about their successes, challenges, ups and downs, all of that. So basically, this is a platform which lets them talk about their journey, their achievements and successes and failures. And along with that, it is also an opportunity for the listeners you know, to get inspired and get out of whatever is holding them back from realizing their goals, ambitions, and dreams. And uh, eventually, we want to build a community of women who are there to support, empower, help each other, mentor each other. So that's the whole point. So once again, uh, welcome. And uh, let's get started. Yeah. So I think firstly, Sangeeta, thanks for this opportunity. Um, and I must say that this is a great initiative. Um you know, providing a platform for uh, women to actually talk about their story, their narrative is really very powerful. So I think kudos to you for actually being able to run and lead this, um, you know, and bring the you know the right the right women and build your community. So I so I'm hoping this kind of continues and you do extremely well in that space as well. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, just to kind of uh, break the ice, so just tell us a little bit about your childhood, early life, and uh, uh, if you think that the experiences that you had at that point in life, you know, they kind of influenced you to take the path that you have taken in life. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, each one of our experiences, you know, kind of builds our personality so uh, early days um, my life kind of so I grew up in Bombay so my 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 parents uh, moved from Delhi to Bombay uh, just when I was born in a way uh, to set up their own life in Bombay um, so I grew up more with my parents friends rather than family so friends who were like family so and also friends coming from different diverse backgrounds um, you know, so I think, so I think Bombay in a way provided a set for a multicultural um, setup. So, you know, you kind of, you kind of take away uh, from the nuances of the culture, the food, the habits. And I personally thought that how, it, how, how it shaped me really was that 
you become more adaptable uh, to to different cultures. Um, I also studied in a Parsi school, so that was again very diverse in terms of you know uh, how you grow up. Um, so uh, I you know and I could fluently uh, speak Marathi those days because we were you know because we, we kind of learned Marathi in school. But I could follow Gujarati because Parsi had a Gujarati dialect. Um, I had friends who were Bengali, so we could do that. So so multicultural setup was pretty much the norm those days um, for me when I grew up. So, so that was one aspect which I think uh, in a way builds adaptability. The, uh, the other thing I think um, growing up, my mom in a way, um, uh, you know, is a, was a, is a bachelor's in science from Miranda House in, uh, in, in biology. Okay. And my, uh, my dad is an engineer uh, from Thapar Institute of Technology those days. So we were, we were kind of a STEM family in a way. So, uh, so, you know, so it was kind of inherent that uh, uh, STEM learning was kind of inherent. So while we were, while we were growing up, uh, you know, doing math as a regular thing was, was the norm. So while you're watching your Chitrahar or whatever you're doing there, uh, mm -hmm. you just have to make sure that your math exercises are being done. And that was more like a norm rather than a discipline. It was just kind of become a part of the thing. Or you all for that matter, when you're driving in the car and, you know, my dad is dropping me to school, I had to, I had to narrate my tables. Um, so, okay. so, you know, so my tables until 20 are, are like this even today. So, so building math and building science, uh, became a norm, you know, uh, for us, uh, in, in those days. Okay. Um, so I think, I think that kind of, kind of instills your STEM thinking and STEM learning, uh, because, uh, because that, you know, you know, it, it, it kind of starts from there. Mm -hmm. Having said that, while there was a lot of structure and, you know, you know, and but but the discipline was not um, such that we did not have our space. So we were pretty much uh, a family where we could um, be very candid about what we want to do, our aspirations. So I think I think that that bit of culture set up in Bombay for us was, um, you know, helps us um, grow as people who are very empowered because mm -hmm. you know you're just you're just kind of uh, you're very candid with your parents, you're candid with your parents, friends, and so on. So, you know, so that was again something. And I think most importantly, I grew up with my uh, younger brother. Okay. And I, when I reflect back, uh, I tell myself that I grew up in a culture where there were no biases. There was, there was nothing that my uh, brother had to do differently than I had to do differently. And I think that again is very important, uh, you know, in creating that level playing field for anybody to thrive. So, so to you know, so now when we raise our children, as you you can imagine, uh, you know, we raise our children uh, in this generation pretty much with no biases. And I think those days also I grew up with no biases. And I believe that when you provide that level playing field, it gives you the opportunity to bring the best of yourself. Yes. So whether you're doing that for yourself or whether you're doing it for your children or your teams at work, just the fact that you are providing them with a culture which is of no biases enables you to thrive. Yeah, and I think um, the last thing probably to call out was that my mom was, uh, uh, I won't say very ambitious, but pretty much had a clear set of uh, goals that she would set up for us. So it was always about, okay, so what do you want to do next? So what do you want to do next? Hmm. Uh, and, you know, so it was, you know, so the conversation on the dining table or the conversations in general were, okay, so what is my brother going to do next? Or what am I going to do next? Because it was a nuclear family end of the day. And yeah. we really, you know, it was about, it was, it was a lot about us. So I noticed that I kind of now eventually when I'm either at work or with, uh, on my own, 
I am setting short term or long term goals and I am asking myself, so what next? You know? Great, great. Very so I think that's how it is. Very interesting because yes, you so, I mean, brought it out so clearly and so obviously that your upbringing, the way you are raised makes a lot of difference. It's not like, difference. You know, like things. I mean, you're of course. We'll talk about your, uh, you know, forays into STEM and all that. But yes, these are these childhood uh, experiences or the, uh, how should I say, the influences or what your parents make you do that really makes a lot of difference. So tell me, Shalini, uh, when you were growing up, uh, did you have any ambitions in the sense? Did you kind of think of what you were going to do when you, uh, you know, grew up and became independent? Because I remember. I wanted to become an air hostess. I, I remember there was a dinner at our place and there was this very good looking girl who had come. And incidentally, her name was Sagita. So that's where my name comes from. Oh, so cute. <laughs> and she was an <laughs> air hostess. So I, I, I think I was maybe three or four years old, but I still have that memory that I looked at her and I decided that all good looking girls become an air hostess and they are named Sagita. So <laughs> did you have any dreams when you were growing so, up yeah okay so i think i think you know in in the world that we were um uh growing up those days all successful women were doctors okay. and all successful men were engineers right we kind of grew up in that ecosystem okay. so i think implicitly somewhere there was an understanding that if i have to be successful i need to be a doctor okay. which is probably the myth i busted uh, for myself and for for the family when i think towards so so do remember my mom is a bio teacher okay so it was pretty much inherent that you know you're you know you're, my bio was very good and so on. But yeah. I think my math was also very good. So, you know, I think towards the last mile when I had to make a decision, yeah. I chose to do, um, I chose to do um, engineering as in uh, physics, you know, eventually. So, okay. so I chose to do that because I was also very inspired some way about my dad's corporate life and, you know, how he was, I was he was living his life. So, so eventually I took that path. Um, so I kind of busted that whole thing of not wanting to do medicine. Um, mm -hmm. Having said that, and I think, this is probably interesting. The other thing I wanted to be, uh, probably more again, more implicitly, was a news anchor. Oh, okay. So okay. I would I would watch the ten o'clock news with my dad as a religion. It was like, it was my bonding time with my dad. I was very young, and half the time I would not follow uh, the English um, news in the sense that there were some words, there were some parallels, there were some political aspects which you know you, you know you kind of kind of grow up to really really appreciating but mm -hmm. i used to be so enamored by the flow of language the you know the style of the of the news anchors those days and the saris they would wear and oh, all yeah. and i was like you know it used to be my time where i was not only taking away from the news uh, mm -hmm. i remember there used to be times when you know the the words wouldn't you know so you kind of pick up the dictionary the next day and read i would read and you say okay now i follow what that meant and then come back to the next day with the news you know so it was like a thing but i used to be more enamored by the saris they would wear and, and i would say oh my god look at this and slowly when i grew into doing that um that became my um you know it kind of became one of the things i wanted to do on the side um mm -hmm. uh, i did apply some time back also to you know when i, I remember graduating and applying to um uh, to become a news reader didn't 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 make it because getting through India uh, you know through the normal news reading application space is very impossible almost impossible yeah, yeah. but that was one of my uh, inherent um, aspiration that I wanted to do interesting yeah. and believe it or not <laughs> as I grew up I also so from an air hostess when I was around I think 
12, 13, I graduated to wanting to become a news anchor. And for the same reasons, the way they used to speak, the way they used to conduct themselves, their saris, all of those. So I think somewhere with my podcasting, <laughs> I have kind of tried to realize that ambition. Yeah, so interesting. Yes, yes. I guess and you know, interestingly... Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's a similar time, you know, so you kind of get influenced by similar things, right? Yeah. And interestingly, I run a lot of, um, you know, these fireside chats with um, leaders in my organization. So when I, whenever we have senior um, women leaders uh, in my organization, I also run fireside chats. Wonderful. So that eventually gives me, <laughs> a, you know, yes, an opportunity to kind of live my dream. So yeah, that's, that's something I do pretty actively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shalini, a little bit about the work that you do. So you are in the space of STEM and also DI. So just uh, expand a little bit on that and tell us about what you do. Yeah. So I think, uh, so my my corporate journey started, um, uh, so you know, interestingly, I, I did my postgraduate in physics and um, those days, uh, you know, you didn't have campus placements, right? You were very far and few uh, campus placements that would come in, but and that also in Delhi University. Delhi University campus placements have started happening more recently. Yeah. So you can imagine 25 years back when we were doing our campus placements, um, uh, we had telco and Tata Engineering come in. So Tata Engineering was generally hiring only engineers, but came in to hire a few postgrad in physics and stats so okay. that they could fill in for the demand that they had in IT. Okay, okay. So that's kind of started my journey and, you know, and what, and and how it kind of shaped up was that Tata Engineering was looking at um, engineers. So we were a batch of 60 engineers uh, and six girls of the 60 engineers. So my journey as being, um, you know, a minority in the group um, kind of started early in my career. So, but obviously it comes with its rewards. You get a lot of attention. So I think, uh, I kind of enjoyed that in those days when I was uh, 21, I think, mm-hmm. uh, was, my, was my first job. Um, but yeah, but I think that's what my, but it was, it was, it really shaped my um, career journey because we would, we would be trained in the classroom in the morning. Okay. And we would be on the job in the afternoon. So we would learn C, C++ in the morning and be on the job in the afternoon to actually start using that. So, you know, it was just could not have been better in terms of wanting to, you know, um, start your career in IT at, at those days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked there for, for two years and I think it kind of shaped my personality in terms of bringing in not only the technology aspect, but, but you know, uh, working in a factory. It was a factory culture. So we would, we would be, you know, at 21 or 22, you can imagine, you know, you would be wearing a uniform, going to, um, going to the, I went to the Pimpri Chinchwad um, campus, which was, um, you know, which was where all the production of your um, Tata automobiles is done. So it's, it's, it's it, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. Go on to the shop floors, walk through, through the shop floors into the management services division and, and, and work there. Um, you know, as young as young um, grads who were, who were hired in IT, that started my journey uh, in IT, and there was no stopping uh, after that because um, while you learn, so so I think for me, learning has been a constant endeavor. So mm-hmm. you learn on the job, but you can imagine how the technology landscape has changed from where we were, um, you know, 
you know, when I started my career to where we are now, the only thing that helps you get going is to constantly upskill yourself yes. uh, because otherwise, and staying relevant because otherwise it's very easy to be, um, be left behind. True. Or, you know, so, so I think, I think that was, um, that was an important part of shaping my, um, of shaping my career. Um, and then of course, um, I joined, uh, an organization called Ericsson HP Telecom. So I went into the telecom space where I used to be in and out of Sweden because a lot of work used to happen out of Gothenburg and, uh, Sweden. And I then folded into telecom building solutions. Again, it was very interesting work. I worked there for five to six years. Um, and that again shaped in, you know, my my career in terms of product implementation. So you know, so when you there are two aspects: one is software development, the other is product implementation. So I kind of shaped that, and I kind of understood what that meant in terms of telecom billing implementation. So that was again very interesting. Mm-hmm. I had a short stint uh, in Sri Lanka because my husband was posted in Sri Lanka through EY, and um, I worked with an organization called John Keats Computer Services, which is like the Tatas of um, Sri Lanka. Okay. And again, very culturally different, uh, but again, very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when it comes to the you know work, so I worked with them for a few years. So I think those were a few things that kind of were formative in my early years of my career Um, and and I think what really changed or what really was a game changer was the fact that I set up my own company uh, in 2005 where startups were far and few yeah yeah startup as a word did not exist I think people people did not call it startup it was like oh you're doing something on your own and I had to explain that no I am setting up a company I have set it up with a UK partner and we're looking at product development solutions and so on so it was it was very interesting I ride for six years uh, till I made a decision to uh, logically wind it down um, and and took up a job with the Royal Bank of Scotland um, and I've been there ever since so I've been with the Royal Bank of Scotland which is now being branded as Natris Group in the technology space um, for 12 years and um, but I think the reason that I continue to be with the bank um, and continue to work here is that I enjoy or appreciate you know the culture of the place so the culture of the place and uh, what it brings to you in terms of of your holistic development mm-hmm. eventually becomes very important in terms of your career choices yeah. uh, so you know so I think um, as a bank it's you know it's it's a, it's a it's a purpose-led bank as they call it um, thriving on um, building themselves as a learning organization. So you can imagine that's that's their uh, that's their tagline, and they kind of live that. So we, you know, so it eventually becomes a culture of living, you know, with very strong values. And I enjoy being in that space. So it so resonates with who that's and you stand for. You know, it's like exactly I mean, coming together of uh, two similar kind of uh, how should I say entities in that sense. All right. So tell me when you. Yeah decided to get into the space of STEM and technology and all of that. In fact, when you were talking about your early days with Telco, I was reminded of Sudha Murthy because her journey yes, was... Yes, yes. Yes, she was the only one. Absolutely right. Actually, you know, so Sudha Murthy, interestingly, yeah. her first job was at Telco Pune. Yes, yes, yes. I know. And, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and exactly. And, uh, and at the same campus that we were, and um, you can imagine... Since 
actually we owe our job to her in a way because there were no women hires then yes and she had written to jrd to yes, say yes, to, yes. to say that why yeah. can a woman not be hired correct, so correct, i yeah. we kind of owe that to her um so there was yeah. a lot of resistance there were only we were just six of us can you can imagine on the campus of mm-hmm. of 60 of 60 living on campus yeah. and um walking to the shop floors but yeah you're absolutely right that's that's been um, is 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 the same place that i started in a way so yeah. i kind of yeah proud proud about that in a way yeah. of course so tell me when you started this journey i'm sure you faced several challenges along the way and i'm yeah. sure your challenges must i mean some of those must have had to do with your gender as well so could you elaborate on that yeah yeah sure so i think of course uh, women in technology were far and few uh, those years so yeah. as you kind of you know kind of grow into your role you kind of uh, hit into conversations which are like oh this is really technical and um, you know who do we, who do we hand this over to and mm-hmm. and and that's when you that's when you realize that you know sometimes are, are people looking at you for more of your leadership and your other other uh, facets that you bring to the table mm-hmm. but what about technology i i i have started as you know as much as probably any other peer of mine would have started in terms of you know being an early start so my my grounding or my foundation is as strong as any other person so there used to be times when you had to stand up for yourself yeah you know you had to you had to make sure that uh you are over uh trying to overachieve at times mm-hmm. because you're like telling yourself that you know i need to put in more so that i'm not discounted yeah. um in terms of uh, my technology understanding and knowledge mm-hmm. so i think there were there were times when i faced to that there are of course times when you know you are the only member in a in a in a in a room of in a in a meeting room and uh, you know you're trying to make a point and uh, you know that again uh, there are going to be chances that if your point is really is really strong then you're going to be discounted for a bit Mm-hmm. so you know so i think i think those were there but it's it's changing a lot uh it's changing a lot of course but having said that uh there have been times there have been times when i was just 24 and i think i was looking for i was uh looking for a change of job uh coming into delhi and people would ask me that in the interview would ask me that you know and we hear that very often and mm-hmm. i have faced into that so when i'm getting married and i'm like really how does that matter you know why does that matter so much but yeah. those years um, it pretty much did matter that oh if you get married then you're not going to be working and so on so you know it was a, it was about you know the journey really was about breaking all those stereotypes and trying to tell yourself that uh, you know no if your career is important for you uh, you will have to invest in yourself yes. and make a place for yourself and i think that i believe has been a constant endeavor and will and continues to be yeah because you know even if you grow in senior leadership roles uh, there are times when you know um, it's very easy to step out of the out of the race yeah. because um, you know because the men are obviously trying to move very fast uh, yeah. they don't want you know they, they, they don't want to slow down but yeah. are you able to keep pace with them that's a constant endeavor and i think i have um, i've had to work really hard to make sure i'm staying at pace with the rest of the men um and continue to create value and content and make sure the right technology mm-hmm. uh conversations are happening on the table and having said that um i probably lead a very te- very very strong technology driven platform 
mm-hmm. um, responsible for digitalization. And I can say that I hire a lot of women um, in my team as well, and you know, and make sure that they're also upskilled uh, and mentored uh, by me. And um, but I'm, I, I can tell you that there, there is no difference, or probably you know, our commitments as women technology leaders is probably higher than men when mm-hmm. we bring that conversation to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and very interestingly, I also work with very strong women leaders, you know, who are based in the UK. So you get you you get very inspired by them, you know, when you when you know when that happens, uh, and and I think my takeaway from that is that I try and make sure that I'm making a difference to other women leaders because of the learning that I've had from them. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think that's really where um, you know you 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 face into challenges, you kind of live through them, but more importantly, you need to make sure that you're you know you're you're lifting as you climb as they say so you're helping others as as you go and you do that so I think that so those were those were the things which is pretty much part of our uh, uh, work um, you know growing up years Mm -hmm. but um, and and, 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 you know for example you're starting your family there was nothing like hybrid working either you're in the race or you're out of the race Mm. it was you know so and I was very I remember having my children. I was and 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 I knew very well that I'm not going to be out of this race because this is this is a this this is my aspiration and I'm going to live you know live live, live my dream there. Um, so so I joined back like in three months after I had both my babies. Um, but now today, you know, I believe that the work that organizations and the world in a way is doing on DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, is yeah. so important. It's so pertinent in terms of creating that level playing field that we want to give back to our women uh, and I personally lead that um, for the Natalist group in India as part of the India Council mm-hmm. so that we can create equitable practices and, and make it easier for women in the workforce. And you're so right. challenges I guess every individual faces they're of different kinds of course yeah. you look at them as an Absolutely. opportunity and I guess that makes all the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, of course the world has progressed. It's become more accepting of women, you know, coming into STEM and, of course, making a name and place for themselves. But still, it is still, you know, not that easy for girls to get into STEM areas for various reasons. So uh, would you have any tips that you would like to share with any girl or any parent wanting their daughter to get into this space? Yeah, I think, um, I think, firstly, I think it's a myth that uh, women in technology or, or STEM learning is not for girls. Yeah. It's definitely a myth that all of us need to collectively bust. The other thing is that, you know, early years of your of your education, if you think that you're good at math and you're good at science, then there is, you know, one should definitely look at moving into STEM fields because mm-hmm. your analytical mind will help you with the kind of innovation mindset that technology is expecting of you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think from my experience, I can say that being a part of a technology-driven initiative or innovation is so fulfilling mm. that you know you will you will realize that you know while you know you are you're kind of working through different realms of life, your innovative mindset um, yeah, you know yeah. will, will kind of broaden. So mm. and and again and I think um, I think that's the tip that I'll probably want to give um, young girls in STEM or you know that you know if you believe it's a leap of faith moment for you for making that decision, then do that. Hmm. Uh, because the innovation it offers 
um, you know, is going to be very fulfilling in terms of not only your career, but also your self-development. Okay. All right. So we are all, of course, you know, human beings with our different orientations, mood swings, yeah. up and downs. So, but of course, along with that, we also have a life path and, our, you know, ambitions and aspirations and all of that. So how do you keep yourself centered? You know, the days when you're feeling down and out, how do you keep yourself motivated and on track? Um, I think, I think firstly, I think I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge optimist. So I definitely, uh, look at the world, um, you know, uh, you know, as a, as a glass, uh, half full rather than empty. And to the extent, sometimes my husband says that, Oh, do you not see any risks in this? And I'm like, no, uh, I, I kind of see the opportunity there. Um, so, you know, so I'm a, I'm a huge optimist and I don't, I don't get, um, I don't get easily dragged down by uh, by aspects, and I kind of pull myself through. Having said that, I I think what keeps me keeps me going, and it's you know is about is about this concept of setting up um, setting up goals for myself, right? And I yeah. and I and I tell myself that, and those goals are not necessarily my professional goals. They could be my personal goals about how I'm raising my children, or it could be my personal you know aspirations or wanting to learn something new learning how to sing or do something else and so on so it could be anything yeah. so I constantly set myself a goal which I'm trying to achieve okay. um and and my and my tagline and a mantra to myself and I kind of use that for um many a times is that follow your dreams and they know the way so if wow. you do okay. lose your way if you do lose your way somewhere mm. you'll be able to find your path because you have a dream to follow so yeah. I think I think yeah. that's that's kind of keeps me going, um, and and I think once you have that very very strongly embedded in you, the mm -hmm. world helps you. The world manifests what you want to you know, uh, yeah. what you want to achieve. So so I think all that I have achieved to date, um, in terms of my own personal success, you know, um, you know, my children, my family, and whatever I believe is success, mm -hmm. is because um, you know I set that up as something I wanted to achieve for uh, for myself as a goal. So I think that's what it is. Very interesting and very inspiring too. So you're talking about, of course, success. So when you walk into a party or when you meet people and they see you as a successful woman who is doing what she wants to do, and of course, success can be defined in various ways. But I think in terms of largely what being able to do what you want to do. So how does the world react to such women? And here I'm talking about both men and women. How do they take to such women? So I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very, um, you know, the way, the way the world looks at um, success women is very diverse. Hmm. One aspect of that is that most of the people firstly discount, discount the success of women. Yeah. Hmm. So like you said, you walk into a, you walk into a party with your spouse and you, you know, you know, you're, you, 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 the host will introduce your spouse as, oh, this is so-and-so. Uh, from so and so doing so and so and this yes. is his wife yes and this yes. is his wife and it full stop and stops there right so mm. you don't very rarely will you know will you notice that somebody will you know will try to make it a point that uh, or try to give you your identity or your presence which is beyond the role that you play with you know you know as, as a wife I so know. i think uh, even even if you're even if you're successful Many a times you're discounted hmm. because hmm. it doesn't matter how successful we are. What matters is that 
are you are, is your spouse or is your husband are you with a husband who's more successful or you know and so on so i think that's that's one thing which i believe is is really pretty much strongly there in the society and mm -hmm. on the other extreme um you know if there's a very successful woman who's very aggressive yeah then a lot of a lot of people don't take that kindly and get you know they're like oh my god very aggressive successful woman blah blah yeah. and so on so i think i think it's it's really it's really very extreme and i think what really needs to change is that we need to find this middle ground of having the world recognize women uh, who have their own identity or have created their own identity in the world for mm. what they bring to the world in their own small way maybe because yeah. everybody's making their own choices right end of the day mm. so uh, so i think um, uh, a lot is changing today uh, which was not there earlier mm -hmm. uh, i remember going going into parties and nobody would, would even ask me what what i was doing forget about knowing what i was doing you know so it's like oh do you know do you even have that conversation about what you're doing yeah, yeah. whereas you know each one of us whether it's a whether it's a man or a woman have invested in our lives in wanting to have a career and do, doing you know want to achieve what we want to achieve in our own small way so it's time that um, the world starts recognizing people as equal men and women as equal rather than you know um, you know having this clearly polarized views about uh, more women <laughs> yeah that's true i agree i mean even i've had these conversations with people will you know when they talk about successful women the first thing that they i mean not the first but one of the things that they say is oh she's very politicking and i just look at them and say uh why her and if a man were in the same position wouldn't exactly also, i mean how can you differentiate but believe it or not it does exactly happen. i mean if she exactly. is there, it'll, it'll be like raised eyebrows yeah, she's aggressive. She's this. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. is exactly. I guess with what we people have done in terms of you know pushing and getting to where we wanted to, I think uh, things have started changing. And I guess you know, like yeah. I'm a total, complete optimist, and I feel that they can only get better from here. You know, it absolutely. They're only going to get better. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think the more men are going to be self-assured you know, the more we have more self-assured men. How, so, you know, there are many times in the organization we talk about how many men are inclusive, genuinely inclusive. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and, and I tell myself that uh, the more men are self-assured, um, they are inclusive. There are many men, you know, you know who, who, who are not, who are not. Yeah. And probably that needs to change. So, yeah. you know, so in organizations like ours, what we do is that we try to build what we call as male allies. Okay. So while we look at diversity, equity, inclusion, we have women supporting the cause. We mm. have male allies supporting the cause, mm. so that we bring in a level of consciousness to the male members in the corporate group. Yeah. To to experience what a woman is going through when she's actually you know struggling or or getting you know working through challenges of um, of managing people and teams and so on. So that they they kind of step into their world and you know start appreciating that world and yeah. this male allyship is becoming a very important enabler in terms of creating and leveling the field. Mm -hmm. Sharani, uh, well, while we are living life and going through various experiences and doing what we want to do, sometimes life does give us a few knockings, a few lessons, a few learnings, you know, which we think, you know, we could share with others so that maybe if they want to pay heed to our experiences, they will not have to go through them. So is there anything like that that you've gone through which you would want, you know, the coming generation, younger yeah. girls, boys for that matter, to not experience? 
Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so um, I'll probably I'll probably say here that you know we we, we talked about how how it was important to have your aspiration, your dream, and your goal, right? So eventually, you know yeah. that's really important in terms yeah. of what you want to achieve. But as you grow in life, you realize that you know when I was looking at my own life, I realized that oh, when I got married, I had you know while I had one goal of you know wanting to have a career in life and so on. When I got married, you know my my goals were different. So I was I was looking at multiple goals. I had to make sure that my marriage is successful. I had to make sure my children are raised well, and you know and eventually you realize that you are balancing or juggling multiple balls. And yeah. sometimes it's very important that. You know, we're not throwing one ball too high for the others to drop. So you need to make sure that you have a fair balance uh, when you're juggling multiple balls that, um, you know, uh, so that you can continue running with it um, and, and, you know, and you don't drop a few balls there. So I think I think that is my learnings experience. And I think what I have done is that um, in order to do that, many a times you have to make conscious choices. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, and that's when you have to tell yourself that what is the choice I need to make so that I can balance it all, um, yeah. and, and, and be happy about it. And I think as long as a woman is empowered to make her choices, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're in a happy state. So if I have to, um, give any message to anybody, I would say that, um, you know, life is about, um, is, is, is about making choices and yeah. choose and choose them choose them wisely just yeah. choose them wisely just make sure that you're making the right decisions um yeah and then i think that's what it is because many a times for example um uh, working in a uk company for so many years i was offered to work out of the uk mm -hmm. uh, and i know that for my career for that aspiration probably that may have just propelled my 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 my, my journey but what would it mean in terms of my children my family my you know my friends my social life and so on yeah, what would yeah. that would that give me give me everything that I wanted maybe not I made the choice to not take that career option there are no right or wrong answers yeah there, right? yeah yeah uh, it is absolutely what you want to achieve and what gives you that happiness so I think uh, uh, that's that's really where my sense is so if I have to give any message to the people it's really about saying that you're back you know as a woman um, you're balancing multiple um, multiple balls you're juggling through a lot of things so make sure that uh, you know they're all they're all up in the air and you know uh, in their own high instead of you know one ball going too high and then dropping so that's a very interesting others. point that you've made that don't throw one ball that high that the others will automatically drop I think that's very very interesting because no matter what, whether we like it or not, we do have to juggle balls. We do have to juggle roles. That comes with the package. So you have to be rational, wise, smart enough to know that, you know, I have to do it and be practical also. You know, you just exactly. running after one goal or one ball. One goal. Forget about the others. That's not happening. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Exactly. So that's probably you answered my uh, next question also that that's how you juggle your various balls, which is very true. You that's have to right. juggle, that's but... Keep them like within, what should I say, safe distance where yeah. you catch them if they are. Yeah, you, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And as long as I said, as long as you're making those choices and nobody else is making them for you. Yes, yes. Believe yes, me, you know, you know, then, then then you're in an empowered state because it was your sense of happiness is because, oh my, I made that choice. Yeah. You know, yeah, many right. and, and nobody and nobody can tell me that, you know, oh, why didn't you, you know, uh, why didn't you do that? No, yeah. it was my choice. I made that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Shalini, um, 
young girls nowadays on the verge or on the threshold of their personal and professional lives. Mm. How uh, important do you think, of course, you would think, and so would I, that how important it is for them to understand that they should be financially, emotionally independent. You know, it's Absolutely. not only about, of course, it's about having your identity and maybe, you know, for a rainy day and all of those things. But so you have daughters. How can parents kind of ensure that the daughters understand that? I mean, how do you make it Absolutely. clear to them? You know, yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, you're right. So, you know, while, of course, you're firming up your identity, uh, believe me, you are truly empowered when you're economically independent. Yes. You know, you could be, you could be, um, you know, you could be, you could have married the richest man in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but are you economically dependent on him? Hmm. Will define how empowered you are. Will yeah. define, you know, a lot of things. So I think... I think for me, you know, whether it is in a, in a small means or a larger means of life, uh, it's really important to be financially um, independent. Hmm. Hmm. And when life throws challenges at you, you'll realize how important that is. You know, there are times when people are faced into multiple challenges, yes. you know, yes. uh, in life. You just don't know what, what, what gets thrown at you. But never, having said that, uh, the moment you're economically independent, you know, you are a more empowered person. So I would definitely say that, you know, do what you like, just make sure that somewhere in this world, while you're building your identity, you're also ensuring that your economic um, ability to be able to sustain yourself. Hmm. Um, you know, um, the moment you are dependent on your, you know, on anyone else, whether it's your spouse or anybody else, and the moment you're doing that, you know, you're taking away from your, uh, your, your independence. Yeah. And emotionally? Yeah. Hmm. Emotionally, I think, um, is one aspect where I personally think is, is pretty level. I think men also emotionally want to draw a lot from people and, and women. Of course, women tend to be having a more of a, you know, they're probably more vocal about their emotions. But I think men are also equally... Uh, equally emotional look for emotional dependence um mm. so i think um i don't see anything wrong in being emotionally dependent on others uh but mm. as i as i keep saying that because it's always nice to have friends family your yeah. your spouse with whom you are you know you have that bond where you can be yourself and you can share your emotions yeah. but uh end of the day um as i as i keep saying it's about your choice so you make your own decisions so make sure that um you're you know you are strong enough to be able to stand up for yourself so yeah. that um you know nobody nobody kind of overrides um you know what you what you want to do so i think um i think that's my thing about about emotion so make choose your friends wisely make sure that you have the right people in your world yeah um, yeah and yeah. Uh, you know so that's yeah, true, true. And yes, you're right. Both men and women, they need to be emotionally dependent. Only I think somewhere because of the kind of society that we are, men are, men don't show their emotions. But exactly. it's actually the less vocal you know, about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Colony yeah. yeah. all around us. Um hmm. people, I mean, I'm also guilty to a certain extent of that. That once people nowadays reach their, you know, midlife say early 40s, late 40s, they start looking to do different things, things which are different from what they've been doing all this while. And I like to call it their midlife rebooting. 
suddenly you want to start singing suddenly you want to start writing suddenly you want to go hiking right. you know various things which maybe you know somewhere they were kind of buried deep inside you but now they are finding the, that opportunity to come out and you yeah. know thrive and grow so uh why do you think this is happening now i mean uh, are we trying to say that our parents or people from that generation did not have other aspirations did not want to do other things but we did not see them doing it so why do you think yeah. you attribute this so i think i think it's it's got to do a lot with uh, our economic sustenance i think a lot of the world uh, you know in india specifically as you can see yeah. um, you know um, you know there's a lot of financial and um, economic sustenance that we've had which was probably not not as not not as common many years back yeah. i'm talking more generally yeah. here right um so so you know so now when we you know when we reach a, we, we we kind of add a logical stage of life where we believe that the core duties that we had to take on you know are yeah. kind of achieved it's now about living our lives you know you know it's like it's like if there's a dream that you wanted to live then the time is today rather than tomorrow yeah. completely you know completely live it up so i think for people who are actually stepping into taking on um, you know new new hobbies new new it's never too late it's just never too late you know just take that on you know uh, like like for me i was i i learned as a child i learned uh, bharatnatyam so we were i was a, i'm a trained classical uh, dancer in bharatnatyam and i'm sure oh, no, none know of my that. friends know about it yeah yeah none I of my friends know about it because yeah I went up to Arangetram, so I kind of, I kind of did the, did the whole, whole this thing. But so, so, so initially, I thought that you know, I'll, uh, you know, whenever I get, I get a chance, I will, I will learn how to dance and do things. But mm. interestingly, uh, I never, I never learned Indian classical. I never learned how to sing. But okay. having said that, um, just very recently, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, tell myself that can I can I learn Indian classical and I tell myself it's never too late. So my 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 teacher tells me that you know what I like. I, I, you know you may not have a great voice, but I love your confidence because mm. you believe that you, you can believe that you will be able to achieve this and you'll be able to yeah. do this. And I believe and he tells me that believe me, just that confidence will pull you through a song. Don't worry about how well you sing. Yeah, it's yeah, okay, yeah. fine. So I think I think that's really what it is, you know. So just live your dreams, just live what you want to do because it's just never too late. Um, and yeah, and if you have an ecosystem of the right people in the world, um, you know, whom you have, you know, they, they'll kind of pull you through, you know, what you want to do in life. So I think it's really important. So you're right. This uh, I think this. Uh... Financial ability, the fact that we have that financial wherewithal, and plus, I think all this exposure also, where especially through awesome. social media, you see a lot of people doing other things. You get to know that there are so many other things that you can do. So yeah, that I think together is making it easier. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, the world is and we get inspired. Better. Yes, yeah. you get inspired. World is we more inspired by each other. In fact, encouraging too. You know, so yeah. yeah, yeah. As much as we may think that social media brings, you know. Uh, brings its own 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 aspects of negative challenges. It it opens up avenues in terms of you know we learning from others' experiences and yeah. being inspired by what people are doing. And I think I think and I think that's the way one should look at it rather than bring yourself down to say that oh my god, you know. So I think I think that's the that's the other bit. The glass half full here. <laughs> yeah, the glass half full. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So Shalini, where do you see yourself ten years from now? Yeah. So. Um, so you know what? Uh, so I I see myself uh, pursuing a corporate career as long as I can. 
yeah okay uh big and as long as i enjoy what i do uh, you know whether whether through you know and you know kind of within the technology space mm-hmm. um i as i said i am working very hard in terms of upskilling myself in the digitalization of the business okay. so i'm looking at continuing to invest in myself in terms of this fast changing gen ai based uh, learning so i am i am picking up new aspects of what does digitalization uh, and transformation mean for banks i'm hoping that that's something i'll continue to run with for the next few years and upskill myself um i'm also you know i also have an opportunity very you know very recently so my my boss um, in the uk is on the board of a company called tech she can which is um empowering or helping young students learn um a stem so that it's pretty much yeah. there in the uk so i'm looking at how i can bring that uh, opportunity to schools in india so wow. just about started that yeah okay. so it's about it's about actually giving back to the world in my little small way by helping um, enable stem learning in school so that's the other thing i've just about started okay. uh, and i'm i'm hoping i can take that through um with the help of the organization that i'm working with now and then slowly you know try and so i can do more there mm-hmm. uh, and if not that directly through that organization maybe through other means if i can bring stem learning to school then that'll be great i have wow. i've raised two girls um as you know in stem so my elder one is 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 studying to be a computer science grad the younger one is studying to be an architect so uh i believe that if whatever experience i have gained by raising them and my own personal experience i can bring them to children in in schools and i would definitely want to do that so those are the two things that so one is continue to stay relevant as far as i can and uh, my husband says that you know it's okay i will retire you can continue so fine <laughs> uh i'm as long as i can i will um and i will uh, hopefully you know do this uh, tech can um, opportunity for schools that's those really are a few amazing. things that i want to do really commendable all the best to you and i'm sure you'll be able to do it like with everything else and if you try best as you say you get to do it you get to you get to it absolutely so those are the few things on my mind of course as i go i will want to um hone my other skills I'm, as i said i'm starting to learn learn how to uh sing and if i can uh, stand out there and start doing that then more socially just for fun maybe as i say that i keep telling myself life it's not about it's not about the destination it's the journey yes. so as long as you know as long as you are having fun so you do what you want to do but just make sure you're having some fun on the way so so my life has been about making sure that i'm enjoying every bit of what i'm doing rather than just waiting to achieve what i want to achieve in life that's that's actually yeah. the way to be So <laughs> my final question which I ask every woman and of course you choose to answer it any which ways because it's very interesting to see the different perspectives on this and the question as you know is can a woman have it all So I think my response is and I, it, it, you'll probably draw that out from the conversation that I've had mm-hmm. that I believe yeah, none yeah. of us can have it all none of us can have it all we all have to make our choices and all of us are you know so sheryl sandberg says that all of us are dealing with a constrained optimization called life yes so so we are constantly choosing what we want to do and as long as we are making the right choices it's going to be very fulfilling uh, and then we have it all hmm that is correct but why do people ask this question only of women and not of men <laughs> it's very ironic this question was asked to indra noe and um, 
and you know, and then she answered in, in in the negative which i really thought was very ironic because um as i said if i was asked this question i would say that no one can have it all the men also have to make their choices yes absolutely uh, i'm sure you know and um and in in many ways um, i i can say that a lot of men would rather just you know have you know you know, choose to do things that a lot of us can do yeah, uh, yeah you know yeah. just for their own emotional happiness or their own emotional well-being uh, and we sometimes discount that we sometimes as women discount that mm. because we believe that men are only aspiring for uh, their career goal or ambition which probably is not as true yeah 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 so i think i think none of us can have it all we all make our choices and in this constrained optimization which is called life we make all the right choices and once we do them on our own uh, we are having it all because we've made our own choices so i think that is the difference i think somewhere we've grown up knowing and seeing that sometimes women are not able to make those choices so in that sense yeah. maybe they can't have it all but yes if yeah. you have that ability a and that empowerment to be able to make your choices then it is an all for you you know like of course Absolutely. you still have to make choices but choices have to be free and independent absolutely free willing and yes. absolutely that is yeah. it that's what that's what that's how i look at it great great so thank cool. you it was really wonderful thank you so much sangeeta and uh, very very interesting views and i love the thought of what you are planning to do in the next 10 years i think this is like really giving back which all of us should be doing in whatever little way, you know we can do because like exactly it's about the drop and the ocean so you know whatever we can contribute Absolutely. i think it's great great so all the best and thank, thank you. you totally enjoyed my conversation sangeeta with you as always I look forward to you doing many more of these and more success to you so thank you thank you thank you Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the About Her Show. We've had some interesting conversations with accomplished women on our other episodes, so make sure to check them out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Follow About Her on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and visit our website www.abouther.in for some wonderful content. And if you know of a trailblazing woman who you think would be a great guest on our show, please write to us at web.abouther@gmail.com. At